0: will you please join me in a prayer for illumination? Let us pray. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us in the Lord. Lord. Speak Speak to to us us waiting, waiting, the watching, the, the hoping, and the longing. Speak to us by your word, word in this time, time of Advent. Advent. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament scripture reading this evening comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, and the gospel reading comes from the gospel of Luke chapter 2, verses 7 and 9 through 14. Hear these words. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth. And laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Then an angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of joy, of great joy for all the people. To you this is born this day, and in the city of David, a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel of multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among the, those whom he favors. The word of God for the people of God.
1: nights promised one appears full of grace and truth for those who trust the power of God a new way of living is made possible Isaiah foretells it Luke tells what happened we are offered an opportunity to join the celebration to join ourselves to the zeal of the Lord of hosts to go with the shepherds to the place where love is born to join the heralds of redemption and praise of God for this holy birth on Christmas Eve we are offered a sacred treasure. Let us come to the light of lights. Let us be upheld in hope, peace, joy, and love. Let us bow before the manger. Let us prepare to become good news in a weary world. May Christ be born in us this night and forevermore. Unto us a child is born. Unto us A son is given. God has brought light into every darkness. The promises of God are fulfilled. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We hear, even today, a chorus of angels bringing good news of great joy to all the people. We light the candle of Christ, witness to the Savior who is Christ the Lord. And the people said together, Glory, Glory God to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors.
2: I hadn't really thought of the idea of making sure that we were together on Christmas uh, Day by extending my sermon. It was a great idea by Josh. (laughs) Just kidding. I wonder, what do you predict for 2019? What do you think will happen in your life, in the world around us? What do you predict for the new year? I know for me, uh, thinking about hopes and fears can encapsulate what I think about 2019. Uh, I am um, thinking about a particular Christmas carol, a little town of Bethlehem. If you haven't noticed already, I've ripped off the um, last line of the first verse for my sermon title. The hopes and fears of all the years are met In him tonight. I wonder for you, what do you hope for 2019? Hope's a really strange word, to be honest. Hope kind of has a very fluffy uh, take. Uh, I I hope the Texans will win. I hope um, my daughter gets a PlayStation 4, because I'd really like to play with it. (laughs) I hope there'll be good weather later on this week, because I'll be off and it'd be great to go sailing. I hope. Hope is a strange, ambiguous word. I wonder for you, what are you hoping for for 2019? Do you hope for a promotion? Do you hope for an opportunity to move? Do you hope for an opportunity to stay? What are the hopes you have for 2019? And then fear. Fear's interesting. Fear is one of those emotions that can sneak up on us, and we might assume that it's just a matter of turning on the nightlight when we're afraid of the dark, but fear can have this addictive quality where we become paralyzed by our anxiety about things that we cannot control. What do you fear regarding 2019? When I think about fear, fear is usually something that doesn't energize me. Rather, it kind of keeps me glued to the couch. I I fear, I'm not going to do that because I fear what they'll say. I fear what they'll do. I fear that I'll make a mistake. What are your fears for 2019? The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. When we look at our scripture passage, uh, both the Isaiah passage and then also a a very nice Micah passage that uh, foretells, that that prophesies that uh, Mary is going to carry um, the newborn son. Micah is um, an 8th century prophet who has seen a shortage of hope, if you will. Micah makes his prophecy about the birth of the Messiah during the time in which the Assyrian army has come in and leveled the southern kingdom of Israel. And the northern kingdom, uh, the uh, Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar has carried off most of the population of Israel back to Babylon. That when Micah begins writing this prophecy about the son of God being born to an unwed teenage mother who's from the city of Bethlehem, who comes from one of the weakest houses or, or tribes in the nation of Israel. Micah is experiencing a shortage of hope. Uh, you know, um, Micah prophesies that a Messiah, a leader, um, a king would come. And this king would be known for a number of things. One of them would be that it, that, that king would, be, uh, would take away war and that king would establish a foundation that the people of Israel could live and stand on proudly and find stability for their future. When we think about the shortage of hope that Micah was um, experiencing, if we fast forward uh, a number of years, decades, and centuries to the birth of Jesus, we find that much of Micah's prophecy comes true and it's not as if there's a, a, a whole lot of hope going on around Palestine during those days. Uh, in some ways, you could describe the Fertile Crescent, that area of uh, Israel that's in the ancient Near East, as being a chew toy for the large empires on either side, uh, kind of like two dogs pulling at a bone and both wanting it. But their land had been a place of strife and war for generations. And that currently, while Mary and Joseph head to Bethlehem for the Roman census, that Rome has occupied Israel, that um, they are yearning uh, for redemption and freedom. They are uh, hoping for something other than the oppressive taxes, the strife, and the war. So this baby born in Bethlehem I have to say that what an interesting way to resolve the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. What an interesting idea that a baby born in Bethlehem in swaddling clothes, lying in a feeding trough could solve our problems. It's interesting because the baby probably can't even feed himself. But yet, he'll have that impact on us. When I think about Hope, uh, uh, really driving for a definition of hope, makes me think about some of my studies when you read about the case studies of folk who have been through horrible traumatic events. They have been through difficult cataclysms. They have found themselves pushed to the edge. And when they have survived and walked through, if you ask them, How did you survive? How did you conquer your fear? they would say, I hoped. I hoped to see my spouse. I hoped to see my parents. I hoped to hold my kids again. You see, I don't think hope is so fluffy. I think hope has a grit to it. I think hope has a persistence to it, a strength to it, a willingness to hope about something that calls you forward out of your fears and into a next step. Um, There's a quote about hope that I want to share with you. It'd be great if I kept... Oh, yeah, that's right. The quote is from Shawshank Redemption. When in doubt, when trying to define hope, always quote Shawshank Redemption. If you haven't seen the movie, stop right now. Get up in the middle of my sermon and go quickly to a place that has Netflix and watch it. Okay, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Um, So Andy Dufresne... Uh, main character in Shawshank Redemption, a story about uh, two men uh, kind of surviving in the midst of a prison uh, in Maine, no less. Uh, Andy says to Red, his friend, remember that hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things and no good thing ever dies. Now, Red ends the movie by saying, I hope he gets paroled, right? He says, I hope the Pacific Ocean is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope, you might say that's kind of strange to hope and to see freedom in a tropical environment. But if you've been in prison in Maine, the Pacific Ocean in Mexico looks great. Hope, this grittiness of hope. What I think is powerful about hope is that Martin Luther King Jr. said it was infinite. And St. Paul says it's one of the three things that will last forever. The other two are faith and love. And Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption tells Red, it was the best thing and no good thing ever dies. What about fears? How do you get to a definition of fears? The hopes and fears of all the years are met in the tonight. Well, I, um, Eduardo Galliano writes a beautiful poem about fear. He's a fiery Latin American writer uh, who believes that our culture has become a captive of fear and that it's uh, only compounding our problems and making life difficult for us to love our neighbors. His poem goes this way. It's, a, um, it's not one of them fancy poems that rhymes, but I, I think you'll like it. Those who work are afraid they'll lose their jobs. Those who don't work are afraid they'll never find a job. Whoever doesn't fear hunger is afraid of eating. Drivers are afraid of walking and pedestrians are afraid of getting run over. Democracy is afraid of remembering and language is afraid of speaking. Civilians fear the military. The military fears a shortage of weapons and weapons fear a shortage of wars. Women's fear of violent men and men's fear of fearless women. Fear of thieves. Fear of a time when doors were without locks, where time was without watches, where children were without television. Fear of a night without sleeping pills, Fear of a day without the pills to wake us back up. Fear of crowds, fear of solitude, fear of what was and what could be. A fear of dying. And yes, a fear of living. Does that get close to some of your fears? Does that get close to a definition? I think it's fair for me to say that quite often my fears haunt around me in a loss of control. We love to nail everything down, plan it out 10 steps ahead. But when we lose control, control over the stock market with our uh, retirement funds, control over our health because of a diagnosis, control over our relationship because the word divorce got spoken, that gets to the heart of my fears. I wonder if it gets to the heart of your fears. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I think it's interesting that Luke writes uh, in these two chapters that begin his gospel. He puts a song into Mary's mouth, the Magnificat. That's a pretty powerful song. I encourage you to read it. Um, I tend to favor Shawshank over the Magnificat, but I think you should decide for yourself. The Magnificat is powerful. It is a, a hope-filled and fear-laden song. It's a song about how God is going to lift up the poor and those who are, uh, have been pushed aside by affluence and power. And it's also a song about those who think they're in charge, those who think they're affluent, which I think would most likely be you and me, how we'll be pushed aside. What worries me about an idea that the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight is that if it's a zero-sum game where those who have not gained and those who have get pushed aside, that's not the kind of beauty that Christmas offers. I don't think that God wins the hopes and fears game by setting up an economic war. I think what we find in the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight is that we find our purpose. We get gritty with our lives. We get hopeful. We allow that hope to pull us out of our fears. Even though we might lose control, we trust the one who's in control. Karl Barth talks about Christmas Karl Barth says, we cannot discover the direction and the hope which Christ grants to us. We can only discover our own lack of all these things and our own contradiction against them. Did you catch that? Karl Barth says, we cannot tell you exactly how the birth of the baby will change your life. Only that we know we must grow and be like the one born in Bethlehem. That we cannot determine exactly where that hope will bring us. But we know to be like him is to lose our fears and to walk closer to the one who holds our future. I think that's the magic and beauty of Christmas. It's kind of humorous to think that a baby born in Bethlehem in swaddling clothes and a feeding trough will take care of my hopes and my fears. And it might also require that I let go of control. I think in that beauty of the moment, of the unpredictability of a baby, of the expectation of a birth to come, and all of the excitement and adventure that comes with it. It's a great metaphor for our life of faith. I like a little town of Bethlehem for two reasons. One is the first verse gave me my sermon title. The second is that the last verse of the song is written as a prayer for any Christian at the time of Christmas. So if tomorrow you've got to bless the food or do something fancy in front of a whole lot of family, oh little town of Bethlehem, last verse, listen to it. It actually works. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born to us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. There's an old refrigerator magnet in my past I believe all good theology is refrigerator magnet theology. And this one particular refrigerator magnet, I remember it crystal in my mind's eye. It was uh, beat up and goofy, but it said very clearly, I do not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. May your hopes and fears of all the years be met in that baby born in Bethlehem this Christmas time. What do you predict for 2019? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.